This is very British. I'm Lewis Weston. On Friday, it was International Women's Day. So this week, I am taking a look at women's rights in the UK. In August of 1832, Mary Smith from Yorkshire petitions Henry Hunt MP that she and other spinsters should have a voice in the election of members of parliament. On the 3rd of August this became the first woman's suffragette petition to be presented to parliament. In June of 1866 John Stuart Hill, MP, presents the first mass women's suffragette petition to the House of Commons. It contains over 1,500 signatures. In January of 1867, Manchester National Society for Women Suffragettes is formed alongside many other societies in different cities across the UK. In May of that year, John Stuart Mill makes an unsuccessful amendment to the Second Reform Bill, which would have granted suffragette to women property holders. The year after that, in April, on the 15th of April, the MNSWS holds the first ever public meeting about women's suffrage at the Manchester Free Trade Hall. In 1870, in December, the Married Women's Poverty Property Act gives married women the right to own their property and money. In 1880, November, the Isle of Man grants female suffrage an amendment to the Mannix Election Act of 1875. December 1894, the Local Government Act is passed which allows married and single women to vote in elections for country, for county even, and borough councils. 1897. The National Women of Women's Suffragette Societies, or NUWSS, is formed, uniting 17 societies. Later led by Millicent Farset, the NUWSS favoured peaceful campaign methods such as petitions. In 1902, women textile workers from Northern England presented a petition to Parliament that contained 37,000 signatures demanding for votes for women. In 1903, in October, the Women's Social and Political Union, or WSPU, is formed 
in Manchester at the home of Emmeline Pankhurst. Two years later, in 1905, the WSPU adopts the motto, Deeds Not Words, resulting in the start of the militant action by the suffragettes. In 1907, in February, the NUS, WSS, organises the first large procession where 40 suffragette societies and over 3,000 women marched from Hyde Park to Exeter Hall in the rain and mud. It later became known as the Mud March. On the, th- on the 8th of March, the Women's Enfranchise Bill, or the Dickinson Bill, is introduced to Parliament for its second reading, but is talked out. Doria, through this, and 75 other suffragettes were arrested when the WSPU attempted to storm the Houses of Parliament. In August, the Qualification of Women Act is passed, allowing women to be elected into borough and county councils and as mayor. In the autumn, one in five suffragettes leaves the WSPU to join the newly formed Women's Freedom League, or WFL. In April of 1908, Herbert Henry Asquith, an anti-suffragist Liberal MP, becomes Prime Minister. In June of that year, Women's Sunday demonstration is organised by the WUSP at Hyde Park in London, attended by 250,000 people from around Britain. It is the largest ever political rally in London at the time. Acknowledged by the Asquith, suffragettes turned to smashing windows in Downing Street, using stones written with pleas tied to them and tying themselves to railings. In July, the Women's National Anti-Suffragist League, or WASL, is formed by Mrs. Humphrey Ward. In July of 1909, Marion Wallace Dollar becomes the first imprisoned suffragette to go on hunger strike. Later that year, prisons begin to force feed inmates on the hunger strike. In October, the Women's Tax Resistance League is formed. A direct action group who refuse to pay taxes without political representation. Their founding slogan is no vote, no tax. In August of 1910, the WASL merges with the Men's National League for Opposing Women's Suffrages. The league now has a total of 42,000 enrolled members. In November of that year, the Constellation Bill 
would grant suffrage for one million women who had property over the value of £10. At that time, is passed by the comments, but fails to become law. In retaliation, 300 suffragettes from the WSPU march on Parliament, where they are met with police brutality, assault and arrest. This day becomes later becomes known as Black Friday. In 1911, Emily Wilding Davidson avoids the census by hiding in a cupboard in the crypt at the Houses of Commons. In June, on the eve of King George V's coronation, around 40,000 women from 28 suffragette societies march for female enfranchisement. In November, Asquith announces a manhood suffragist bill, which is seen as a betrayal of the women's suffragist campaign. In protest, the WSPU organises a mass window smashing campaign through London. This heightened militancy continues into 1912 and spirals to include arson attacks. In 1912, in March, the Parliamentary Franchise for Women's Bill is introduced and defeated by 222 votes to 208. The Labour Party becomes the first political party to include female suffragists in their manifesto. This was partly in reaction to the NUWSS's Election Fighting Fund, which was set up to help organise the Labour campaign. In 1913, in April, the Cat and Mouse Act is introduced, which is officially titled Prisoners Temporary Discharge for Ill Health Act. It allows authorities to temporarily release suffragettes on a hunger strike and then rearrest them once they've recuperated. In June of that year, Emily Wilding Davidson is killed after she steps out after she steps out in the front of the King's Horse at Emson Darby, a member of the WSPU. She intended to disrupt the Derby for the suffragist cause through her exact motives, though her exact motives are unknown. Thousands attend the funeral. Between the 18th of June and the 25th of July, 50,000 people from around the UK take part in the Pilgrimage for Women's Suffrage, which continues with a rally in Hyde Park, which concludes with a rally in Hyde Park. The NUWSS wanted to display the suffrage's peaceful and law-abiding tactics. In December, as part has her involvement with WTLR, Sophia Deep is taken to court over her refusal to pay taxes. 
1914, the East London Federation of Suffragettes is expelled from the WSPU after Chris Table Pankhurst claims that they are too concerned with other causes such as living and working conditions. The NUWSS reaches 50,000 members. The WSPU has 5,000 members. In May, the SW, the WSPU clash with police outside of the gates of Buckingham Palace. Emmeline Pankhurst attempts to present a petition to King George V. In July, the outbreak of World War I brings a suspension to the WSPU and the NUWSS's campaigns. Women are urged to support the war effort as they do during this period. Nearly 5 million women remain or enter employment. In 1916, Asquith makes a declaration of allegiance to women's enfranchisement. In December of that year, David Lord George, a Liberal MP, places Asquith, replaces Asquith as Prime Minister. In 1918, in February, the representation of the People Bill is passed, allowing women to vote over the age of 30 and men over the age of 21. The women have to be married or a member of the local government register. In November, the parliamentary qualification of Women Act is passed, enabling women to stand as MPs. In 1919, in March, Millicent Forsenth retires as president of the NUWSS when it becomes the National Union of Societies for Equal Citizenship. Nancy Sater takes her seat in the House of Commons in November as the first female MP for Britain. In 1918, Constant Marquez stands for the Sinn Féin and becomes the first woman elected to Westminster. But in line with the Sen Fen politics, declines to take the seat. In 1928, in July, representation of people Act, of the People Act entitles everyone over the age of 21 to vote. In May of the following year, 1929. Women of the age of 21 vote in their first general election. There is no majority, but Ramsay MacDonald's Labour Party took over from the Conservatives. In 1946, Lindsay, Lillian Lindsay becomes the first woman president of the British Dental Association. 1955, Barbara Mandel becomes the first woman newsreader on British TV. A year later, 
1956, Rose Hilberton becomes the first female judge in Britain. In 1958, Hilda Harding becomes the first woman bank manager in Britain. In 1970, an Equal Pay Act is passed in Britain. In 1972, Rose Hilberton becomes the first woman judge at the Old Bailey. In 1973, women are allowed to join the stock exchange for the first time. 1975 brings the Sex Discrimination Act, making it illegal to discriminate against women in employment, education and training. In 1976, Mary Langdon becomes the first female firefighter in Britain. In 1979, Margaret Thatcher becomes the first woman female prime minister. 83 brings the first woman Lord Mayor of London in Mary Dalton. And 1995, Pauline Clare becomes the first female chef const- chief constable in Britain. But what about right now in 2019? Well, the gender pay gap is still a problem. Men, on average, earn around 10% more for what is effectively the same job. It's been illegal in the UK since the 1970s to pay a person that is doing the same job different amounts just based on their gender. However, it's still a problem because companies can slightly alter the amount of work or offer less time in work for women. So overall, their pay palette is less than a man. However, we have come a long way since the extremely, extremely male world of the 1800s. And that concludes this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with comments, questions or suggestions, you can email me at verybritishpodcast at gmail.com. That's verybritishpodcast at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed this episode and think that someone in your life would like to hear it, then please send it over to them and tell them to listen. And if you're brand new around here, please subscribe for more episodes coming out every single week. And until next time. Cheerio!